All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, the vet, Big Dwight, at 517-2214, joined again with my illustrious guest, my co-host, the brains of the operation, the young prodigy, SJ at SJ Basketball 8. How you feeling today, fam? I'm feeling good, feeling good. It's freezing in New York, but um, we'll we'll be all right. Yeah, we uh we had our little ice icy adventure started what Wednesday, mostly Thursday, but the sun is shining. I think we can get outside. Um, it sounds stupid, but going to get takeout. I didn't realize how much I missed that, even though I couldn't do it for three days, just because I couldn't do it for three days. So I'm ready to get out, run some errands, enjoy this weather, because uh, I know I'm from Michigan. I know I lived there half my life. I was a little kid that walked in the snow a little bit, walked to school in the snow. But I hate the cold weather. I hate it from the depths of my soul. I, If I knew Dallas got us, like, People kept telling me when I, uh, it got really, really cold. We had ice, we had snow my first winter in Dallas. And people were like, oh, this is a once in a lifetime event. And that was the, that was in uh, 09. Fam, this shit keep happening. And y'all keep telling me it was a once in a lifetime event. It never happens, but it keeps happening. So I don't know if that's, I don't know about global warming or climate change, but people keep telling me this never happens here, but it keeps happening. So hopefully I won't see it again no time soon. But um, anyway, I know y'all didn't come here to hear about local Dallas weather. We're going to jump into it. Um, this is the trade deadline episode. So what we're going to do this episode, we're going to discuss what obviously we think our Mavs are going to do, what we think the teams around the league are going to do, give our two cents on how all that's going to play out and really, really how we think, um, you know, we, we all fans, we may have different differing opinions on how the team is going to get better, but you know, ain't none of, none of us are getting a check from a team. So at the end of the day, none of this shit really matters. We just giving our opinions. Right. So, um, we just, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, uh, looking around the league as a whole, um before we get into like the trade stuff SJ what team has been balling that's really caught your eye this last week well um I feel like they did get their um winning streak kind of snapped however I feel like we haven't really talked much about the Suns and I know that's to the dismay of Suns fans like I, I follow <laughs> a lot you know I really do follow a lot of Suns fans I don't know why, um, but I just do. I and didn't even I, mean, I didn't even know that was a thing. Not even trying to yeah. say it. No, I follow quite a bit of them. Um, I would say like other than um like Mavs, Lakers, I think the next up in terms of like fan bases I follow from like people from is probably the Suns. I don't know why. But um I like the Suns and I like the people I follow, but my goodness, just the fan base like as a whole, they're probably some of the whiniest people. <laughs> That I've come across, and not in like, like I get some of their frustration. Like, you know, Suns are good again, finally, and they're winning. But like, my goodness, they want, they want ESPN, they want all the outlets to be talking about the Suns from you know sun up to sundown, and 
it's it's like I get you want the credit, but goddamn, it's not that serious. But um, I will spend some time to talk about the Suns because they have been hooping. They were on a 11 game win streak, I think it was, before the Hawks beat them. And I mean, this is the isn't this like the second like double digit streak they had? They had a streak of 18. Was it 18 games they got to before that one got snapped earlier in the season? Um, they have 40 wins right now. Yeah. For 41 wins and just 10 losses, just yeah. 10 losses so far. So they are, they're an elite team. They're an elite team. We knew they were going to be elite again. Um, and at this point, safe to say that they're probably going to run away with the West. Um, I mean, the Warriors are still like right there with them, but, um, you know, they have their issues. We don't know what's going on with Draymond, you know, um, all that. So I think it's a safer bet to say that the Suns will probably finish, um, above them in the standings but I mean when we get to the playoffs I feel like um I feel like at this point granted anything that happened but I think healthy you could probably pencil the Suns in for the Western Conference Finals at the very least I don't see a team on honestly other than like the Warriors that's that's really messing with them in a seven game series now if the Clippers were healthy that's a different story too um I think the Clippers would match up well with them but other than the since they're not healthy um yeah, I only see the Warriors really messing with the Suns. So, um, I mean, their team can enjoy it. They have a great team. Um, the re- reports, rumors, I know we're going to talk about it more in detail, but they're still looking for pieces that could help, you know, improve them on the margins. I've seen Eric Gordon um, linked to them a lot. Um, I know, I mean, they're good on bigs. I know last trade deadline, they were looking for a big, looking for a big, like a backup big. Um, and now it seems that, I mean, granted, they don't really have many holes, but I think like a, an Eric Gordon type coming off the bench, like what more firepower do they need? But that, that's someone else that they could realistically get as well. Um, so, yeah, I just, um, they're, they're hoping, they're hoping. And another piece of the puzzle is that they want, you know, they feel kind of disrespected because they didn't have any starters in the all-star game but we know what the all-star game is is a popularity contest um chris paul is not that like popular amongst fans Devin booker is not that popular amongst fans like they were never gonna start like let's be serious like i hate when like all-star game comes around and every year is the same outrage oh this team last year it was the fake outrage about the utah players that nobody don't give a damn about like no (laughs) offense but like no, I'm being so no offense, but last year it was the same. Oh, the Jazz are the number one scene and they don't have any starters. No, no, they don't. It's a popularity contest. It's not that serious. They both got voted into the game. It's not that serious. And now it's the whole, oh, they're destroying the league and they have no MVP kind of um player, like, you know, really up there in the conversation. That's a little more valid. I do believe like Booker especially should be getting more love. But at the end of the day, the media has chosen Chris Paul as the representative of the Suns. Anything Suns related, they're starting with Chris Paul. If you look at all the MVP ladders and all that, Chris Paul is ahead of Devin Booker. So they're trying to say that it's a conspiracy against Booker. I've seen some of them say ESPN is not giving him any recognition on purpose so that they could force him to go to the Knicks because CAA owns the Knicks. They're really into the conspiracy theory about um, this whole conspiracy theory that they're trying to push Devin Booker to the Knicks or like a big market. And I, I get it, but come on, man. Like, it's just, 
Chris Paul is just overshadowing him at the moment. And I, it's, it's really unfortunate because I feel like despite what they believe about the media's, you know, agenda against both, I feel like the media was ready to run with the, you know, young sons, up and coming young sons. Like if I, I can recall, I was there, the bubble, when the suns were going off eight straight, when they went eight and over in the bubble, it was all love from all those media outlets that they were talking about that never talked about the suns. Those media outlets were going crazy over the young sons and Booker was at the forefront of it because they were hooping. Then Chris Paul came and the narrative became, oh, Chris Paul saved this franchise. So it's unfortunate that Booker is getting overshadowed, but it is what it is. You can either be happy with the wins at, at, at one point at some point, you're not going to get everything you want. So you got to be satisfied with something. So there's my little spiel on the Suns because they have been hoping. And, you know, we haven't done, I guess, due diligence on them on this pod. So here's their due diligence. Yeah, I I don't know, man. To me, I don't really talk about the Suns because I feel like, you know, we go back to our season forecast or whatever i'm pretty sure we had the suns at either one or two yeah and i'll be honest they're even better than i thought they would be because they've had a few little injuries here and there and like they are just cooking they're doing amazing um warriors fans are kind of out of pocket because they're like oh man we're i feel like and a lot of people just believe the warriors are automatically getting out the west and you know they look good Phoenix looks just as good and you know I, I still Steph is a beast but he has you know his his numbers aren't he hasn't been the stuff that we know and love right and Clay it, I will say Clay is starting to look like Clay is starting to look good he's starting to look like how he did before he came off that Achilles before he got hurt but my concern will always be like when dudes come back from those injuries especially back to back it's it's not just a ramp up it's it's you start and then he'll have to sit down and you know if all those things run together and and he's missing time and you know Draymond his issue is it's not just a soft tissue injury it's nerves that's not something that you just sit around it heals and then you're right back it can flare up so uh, to me, I think Phoenix is by far the favorite to get out the West, and they beat the breaks off teams. Um, I did watch where they lost to Atlanta, but like Atlanta shot the three better than I think they have all season. They went fifty percent from three for the whole game, and even then, you know, Phoenix used made their fourth quarter push that they normally make. So. Yeah, there's a there's a stat um, if. The only teams that have beaten Phoenix this season have shot over forty-three percent from three. So really? Pretty much, yeah. So you have to pretty much shoot lights out from three to beat Phoenix. So yeah, all nine or all ten teams that have beaten them, or their ten losses, each team has shot over forty-three percent from three to beat them. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know that, but it was just you know some of those threes I was watching and they were they were good shots it was like them dudes don't shoot the blood like that so yeah you, you just got to chalk that up take that L and keep it pushing um Atlanta is playing well but I didn't feel like that was like a moratorium that Atlanta has quote-unquote arrived and they're, they're playing oh, really, no. really well and I still I do think they're going to be in the play-in but I'm not like 
I, I'll put it to you like this. Wherever they play in the first round, I don't even know if they're guaranteed to win the playoff tournament, actually, just to keep it real. But we'll see. But I think uh, I think the Suns are good, man. I am, you know, all I can do is salute them. They packed us up every time. Um, I, I Like, I know Phil Jackson always used to say the sign of a really great team is to win 40 games before you lose 20. They won 40 before they lost 10. That's yeah. nuts. That's nuts. That's actually absolutely insane, man. If I was one of their fans, I probably would feel the same way, but they are a whiny bunch. There's only been two fan bases that jumped in my mentions unprompted. I'm usually, like, I, my, my mentions are usually pretty Maverick-related. A little, little bit of Pistons in here, here and there, but... The Raptors fans and the Suns fans are the only two fan bases ever jumped in my mentions with people who don't follow me and just start talking shit or got butt hurt. And it's like, dude, y'all don't get to run the fuck on. So, yeah, they're a sensitive group. They are. They really, really, really are. But they're a good team. I get it. I, f- I understand. I guess they feel like they don't get they just do. But you know how you change that? If your team fucking wins. Until then, exactly. and that not some regular season games, not participate in the NBA Finals, but you go to a parade after that, uh, you, you can get spicy if your team don't get love. Um, Milwaukee fans used to complain about the same stuff. They're trying to run Giannis out of town. The media wants to run Giannis out of town. Mm-hmm. The parade happened, the championship, well, the championship happened, then the parade happened. We don't talk about that no more. So. Exactly. Middleton getting legacy votes for the All Star game. <laughs> that. Exactly, but um, and not even just that. Booker getting voted in for the first time by the coach, and that's another thing. Like they think it's all the media, and they talk about All Star this. So I want to remind everyone: the coaches vote for the reserves. The coaches vote for the reserves. So yeah. for the last two years, when they have been complaining that Booker had to be voted in as like an injury replacement, take that up with the coaches. <laughs> the coaches right. were the ones that snubbed them. It's not. It's not the media. It's, yeah. it's not the media. It's the coaches. So he went to the finals, hooped that balled out. Now his numbers aren't as great as they were last year, but he still he got voted in this time because now he has the respect. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's to me like not just the Suns, but like every fan base. Not just doesn't have to be single out to one, but every single fan base. There's always this victim mentality, like. Yeah. everyone's against us kind of thing it's like it doesn't have to be that way you know and it's not that way most of the time yeah i agree i agree um it, it's it's not we just people there's a i don't i definitely don't want to derail the pod but a, a lot of people in america have a persecution problem complex but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day um moving on to the team that has kind of caught my attention uh i'm gonna catch them on league pass i uh i hate to admit this but there's there's games that i watch sometimes where something happened where their team's best player folded in a certain way and i just dismiss them for forever no matter what they do, and I kind of did this with this team. It was the uh, it was the Timberwolves when Marquise Chris, mm-hmm. fresh off the street, 
literally locked oh, up. Oh yeah, locked up cat. Had like had him in absolute prison. And I was just like, I, I, I don't care what they do. I will never take them serious. They're just full stop. When I saw that, um, I, as much as I love my son, I'm not gonna hold you. The last six minutes and over the last minute of regulation and the five minutes of overtime when we played the Thunder, when Ludor did to Luca, like if I was an opposing fan, I would be like, I don't care what he does. That's just that's just something that can't happen. So I did this. I had that same thought process with Cat. But they've been balling, man. They have been balling. They've been balling in a way to me that I think is scalable. They've been balling in a way that I think is, you know, if they make a couple moves, if they're smart, I don't know if they're going to win a playoff series, but I don't, this whole, we're going to package Cat up and ship him out of town. I thought that was inevitable. I thought that was probably coming as soon as the summer. But I don't think that's the thing. They've really played well these last couple weeks. They're seven and three in their last 10. And man, Cat, I think is finally, <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have the shitty body language like he's had. And he's not making the, oh, if we lose a game or two, we're, we're going to keep losing. And even though I, I do believe that they still do miss him, they don't pass it to him in certain situations as much as they should. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, especially Anthony Edwards, like Buddy mm -hmm. has basically said, like, hey, man, I'm here to get buckets. He's so, tra I love him because he's transparent as hell about what he likes, what he don't like on the court, how good he thinks he is. Like, he just, there. I don't feel like he's had any media training and it's refreshing because he's a good dude. You know, he's, he don't be out there lying or, or being dismissive or, or, tweeting like a Latina or nothing like that. He's just a good dude. You know, he's a, I like, and, but they really, really been playing well lately. Um, a Timberwolves fan jumped in uh, our math space that Bibbs host uh, was like, man, they gonna be all, y'all better look out. They gonna catch us. And I was like, man, what you talking about? Then I went and looked at the standards. I'm like, oh shit, that actually, that's, that's possible, right? Um, but I, I really like the direction they're going in. If they were smart, they'd go ahead and try to turn D'Angelo Russell. I think he's expiring next year. So I think he only got one more year left on that deal. So yeah, they need, I think so too. Yeah, they need to go ahead and turn him into like other assets or just better, better fitting players because Ant and Cat, I think that's that's you you just as long as Carl Anthony Towns is going along with the get along, you got to keep that together as long as you can. And even Jared Vanderbilt, I know they keep trying to upgrade him, but dog, he lock up. He do. Man, I wish uh, when he, when no one like was taking a look at him, I was like, um, like is like is this real? Like, yeah. I think he got signed like one of the last few days of free agency, and it was like Tim Wolves just like brought him back on like a steal of a contract, in my opinion. Um. Granted, he can't, like, shoot, and he's not, like, a creator or anything, but he's going to be in the right place at the right time offensively. He's going to crash a glass, hustler, and he lock up, like you said. He's yeah. locking up. So he, I like him next to, um, I mean, the upgrade there would have been, like, a Ben Simmons. Mm. <laughs> um, but since that's not, you know, on the table anymore, I think in terms of, like, a four, 
next to Cat. I think he's like the best mold of it, honestly. Yeah, and they, oh, like, yeah. all, all the discussions around him and what they could do all involve them getting better than him or, like, upgrading him, like you said, the Ben Simmons role. But even, I, I've seen a lot of the NBA media is like, well, they got to get something better. They got to replace Jerry Vanderbilt. I'm like, man, he's a good player, bro. Like, I understand why people feel that way, but he can play. And I, I feel his... His offensive limitations are apparent, but I just think he's a solid NBA role player. I could see them upgrading him talent-wise to a more talented player and getting worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, those are our two teams. Honestly, there's not any teams that really play like ass over the last week that I think justify us talking bad about so let's just get into the uh let's get into the trade trade machine trade rumors the trade episode this is our last episode before the trade deadline thank god honestly thank god dog i'm so tired i'm so tired of this shit i'm tired of arguing with people i'm tired of arguing i'm tired of being angry at the mass for not doing things i just don't want i don't i don't want to live in this world no more bro i i don't want to live in this trade deadline error and the thing that's different about this year is nico is working the phone so we are in a lot of fucking rumors where that was not a thing before we've been in on everybody except for ben simmons and it's it's really it's interesting because we're not used to that but when those trades don't happen people get butt hurt because oh y'all was in what happened blah 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 but anyway, um, before we get into the Mavs trade of prospects, we want to give our predictions or what we think teams should do, right? And then, I guess, give our two cents on the one big trade that has happened so far. Um, oh, yes, yes. You know, it was Norm Powell, uh, Robert Covington for Eric Bledsoe. Man, Johnson. I, I would. I'm so happy you knew his name because you knew yeah. I was about to strike. I was about to call. I, him. I knew. I you saw. <laughs> I anticipated it. I was like, I know he's not going to know his name, so let me say for him. Dude, yeah. I swear to God, I was going to call that dude Keon Clark. And you, I don't even know if you know who that is. That was a center from like 20 years ago. I was going to yeah, call no, that man Keon Clark. And uh, yeah, Keon Johnson, a second round pick, and. Am I missing? I think that was it, right? And oh, no. Justice, uh, Winslow. Justice, Winslow, Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. And I, I'm not going to hold you. I was uh, I was working. I was having a very productive day at work. And when that Woj bomb hit, it ruined the rest of my productivity for the day. My Apple Watch told me my heart rate went up. Um, <laughs> I was so angry. I was so angry when that trade went through. And the reason why I was personally so angry about it from a Mavs perspective, it, it's multiple reasons, right? A, you know, I'm pro re-sign Jalen Brunson because, not because I think Jalen Brunson is the best player in the world. I'm like, bro, you don't make your team get worse. You don't trade him for a mystery box of assets. And if you pay him, the reporting has come out that he's going to be worth He's, I just read Mark Stein's piece. He's looking to get like 18 per year, right? And I'm just looking at them like, you give Jalen Brunson 18 per year, even if it don't work out, you're still good this year. 
And if it don't work out, he's a trade asset. People, oh no, it's a toxic asset. It's a uh, uh, he, it's going to be Tim Hardaway Jr., even though Tim Hardaway Jr. literally only had two out of seven good seasons in the NBA, including his two years in Dallas before we signed him. And Jalen Brunson is younger and got better every year. That's another argument for another day. I don't, I don't know what Jalen and Tim got to do with each other. They're two totally different players. But I saw Eric Bledsoe get used to make a team get better, like two times in the last 15 months and people are telling me we gotta signing Jalen Brunson locks us into our roster that pissed me off like that because it's just like it's proof because this is you if you listen to this pod you know I've been saying like dog you don't really need you can always trade talent for talent you don't just let talent go for a mystery box of uh, picking the twenties or some shit like that. That's, that's, that shit tanking teams do that shit teams that are rebuilding do. You don't do that when you have a superstar. So that, that was been one of my arguments. And then I saw a team actually do it that had comparable assets to what we have. And it just, it's just everything. It just drove me up a wall. Like, I, I think I started sweating. I'm not going to lie to you. I was so pissed. I was so pissed because I feel like we have the assets to do it. I feel like we could have made that trade, you know, it would have been a more complicated. There would have been a more moving pieces because we would have had to trade a higher volume of players to get there. But I feel like we could have do it. And I do think Norm Powell would have really, 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 really helped us. I think Robert Covington is kind of cooked, just to be honest with you. I think Robert Covington been cooked since like the bubble, in my opinion. Uh, that's the last time I remember Robert Covington really balling. I just keeping it real with you, but that's neither here nor there. I, Norm Powell was the key, and you look at it; it's essentially they wanted to dump Norm Powell for expirings and the twenty-first pick in the twenty twenty-one draft. And Keon Johnson, I'm not going to lie to you about what he could be as a player because I don't know. SJ, I defer. I don't watch college basketball. That, that ship mm-hmm. has sailed for me. So I don't know. Maybe they just think he's just that good. But I know he – I haven't watched him, so I'm not going to lie. But I know he averaging three points and three whatever. And that's some shit Josh Green could do. So you can't tell me he's just night and day better as a prospect when they were drafted around the same spot and have given you the same productivity so far in their career. But I was angry about it. I was. What was your take? Yeah. Um, I was not angry. About, okay, so here's the thing. I This is part of the reason why, like, the trade deadline is fun, like, circa January. <laughs> like, it's, it's really fun in January when it's still kind of far out. You know, you're seeing rumors here and there, and you're just all guessing, and it's all fresh, and it's cool. But when it gets to, like, the week or two weeks before when it's like it's heating up but not really yet like we're in this limbo so you know next week the upcoming days I'm sure you know the floodgates will open but for right now where it's still a bit slow but you know it's coming up and everyone's guessing everyone's doing all that that's when it becomes annoying to me so with this trade first of all the Blazers got finessed because there is no way you give up both Norm Powell and Covington 
and don't get a first out of it. There's just no way. So I think I think that is just poor asset management. The fact that they could not get a first out of that, um, poor asset management. That's one. Because I don't think Keon Johnson, I don't think he was a first round pick. I, I think he was no, a second he, round pick anyway. No, he, he was a 21st pick. Oh, you know, I, he was a first round pick? Okay. Yeah, I, that's so the I, only thing I know about that young man is that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, so he's a prospect. So you get a prospect and a second and, you know, cap filler. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just hate, this has been going on. It's, this is not the first time. This happened last year too. But every time a trade gets announced, bro, Mavs fans just get so mad. Why weren't we on this? Oh, why didn't we get in this? Oh, why couldn't we do this? We could have beat this. And to me, it's, it's, it stems a bit from like 2k logic where you you know you go in the trade finder you put a package together go in the trade finder and you can see how many teams offer you package you can sift through and pick the best one that's not how it works that's really just not how it works in real life so the blazers clippers whatever you want to feel about that trade and why they did it there's still when you make a trade like when a front office is making a trade for the team or for their team they have a priority and they have certain goals so in order to meet their goals, they're going to pick whatever package meets their goals. I don't necessarily think they're just taking at face value the best deal available. You know what I mean? Because if that's the case, a lot of these trades that we saw probably wouldn't have happened like last year when we thought about um, like the James Harden trade and everyone thought, oh, why didn't, you know, Houston take the Philly deal? Because the Philly deal from everything that was reported seemed better than the deal that Houston was getting. Granted, you could argue about the picks and which one was really more valuable, but on face value from everything that was reported, the Philly deal looked better, but they took the Nets deal. Part of that was because, yeah, they wanted the picks, and two, they were trying to honor where James Harden wanted to go. You know what I mean? So there's always underlying things or factors that help kind of push a trade forward. So that's why I'm like, oh, why couldn't the Mavs do this or blah, blah, blah? this had nothing to do with the mouse this had nothing to do with the mouse like when i'm assuming granted i don't know how to process i'm not you know here pretending like i know how the process works either but just using logic and reasoning you're calling each other teams are calling each other there's no general manager that has all 29 gms on the phone and like he's sifting through all these calls like that's just not how it works so just this whole like i get it but to me, it just seemed like Portland was trying to obviously get off Norm's long-term contract because they have Anthony, who they want to resign and all that. Um, you know, just just as Winslow's like making four million dollars for next year, that's still another wink player. That again, <laughs> you could take a chance on. Granted, the Justice he's not that young anymore. You know, I feel like we've been calling Justice Winslow like a young, intriguing player for the longest now. He's like what twenty-six probably at this point. So. I mean, it's still a guy you could take a fire on, but it's clear that they were just trying to clear up money and clear up their, I mean, Wode said it, they were trying to clear up their long, long jam for Anthony Simon. And now CJ, we're, we're hearing news about CJ, like, clearly these two teams aren't done. So they're making moves to do other moves. So they're not done. So I'm, I'm just like over this whole notion that, the, first of all, the Mavs can't do everything. And two, just, I, I don't want to just talk about, I mean, just talk about the Mavs since this we're technically supposed to be talking about the Blazers Clippers but just from the Mavs perspective like we have to like I said when teams are making trades they have to have a priority or a goal they're not just making trades willy-nilly like I said this isn't 2k on 2k you could just make 
a trade, you can make any trade you want. And if it goes wrong, you can rectify that trade. In real life, it doesn't work like that. So you have to have a goal or a priority when you're making a trade. So in the Mavericks case, what is the goal? What is, what, what is the goal? Their goal when they came into the season, even when they ran back this same-ass roster, the goal was always to win a playoff series, right? The goal to me has not changed throughout this whole season. They're still kind of saying the sentiment. They want to win a playoff series. So to me, you can't like make a like this trade I saw today where everyone was getting mad at. First of all, it's from who pipes. We don't even know if it's real. That's another thing that everyone's jumping at. At this stage, they're just jumping at any single rumor that they see. First of all, who pipes? We don't even know if it's real, but they said they it was the Mavs turned down Dorian Finney Smith for like a late first rounder. First of all, I can't be mad at that if the goal is to win, right? Mm-hmm. Trading Dorian Finney Smith for a pick is not helping you win. And if and then I heard people counter, well, they can use that flip and flip that pick for like Jeremy Grant or a better player. Like I said, this is not 2K, bro, <laughs> where you're just getting picked and you're using the pick to flip this like that's just not how it works and it it kind of goes into like the whole thing that people were mad about like hey Cuban let you know the broke up the championship team or let this person walk to chase this person who he didn't even know wanted to come play for the mountains y'all want him to do the same thing right now give away Dorian Finney Smith for a pick that could potentially be flipped into a player that you don't even know is available like what are we talking about like what are we talking about you know so it's just um for going back to just Blazers, Clippers, Blazers, they took an L for not getting a first. I don't even care what they took back. You did not get a first. That's an L. The Clippers, I'm afraid of the Clippers, that they were able to get, not even Covington, because like you said, Covington is cooked. So, I mean, I highly doubt he's going to be on the Clippers next year. No. When they go to, yeah, they, he's just, you know, expiring money. But yeah. Norm Powell, Norm Powell on that five-year deal, and next to Kawhi and PG, mm, oh I don't like God. that. I don't like that. Granted, it's great for them. But just for us, I think the Clippers are going to be a terror in the West next year. Dude, dude you know how good people don't realize that. And I, I, I really, really got attached to the Toronto championship team. Um, I have such sentimental value with because I bet a lot of money on them. And they came through for me. <laughs> and so, like, I know their whole roster, like, the back of my goddamn hand. And I really, obviously, the way that roster was put together with Kawhi, with the trade for Marcus Gasol, with how they got the money they paid to Serge Ibaka. Um, like, that, to me, I don't know if that's necessarily a Mavs template, but they paid a lot of money to the sixth, seventh, and eighth men off the bench, right? Like, them dudes made a lot of fucking money. And Norm Powell was one of them dudes. He didn't make a lot of money per se, but he was a very, very good player on that team. And then after Kawhi left and his role got expanded, that fucking production efficiency was scalable as shit. He didn't, like, it just, just, with more volume, it became good. One of the smartest things I've ever heard, any, and I'm not saying this because you my homie and we do this pod, one of the smartest, most profound statements I've ever heard is you say, hey, man, you can't copy and paste the production of role players. So when they show you evidence that that shit is scalable in a different situation, dog, that's a really good role player. You pay for that, right? And Norm has shown yep. you that in every, everywhere, every time. 
all his situations in Toronto, when he went to the Blazers, they had him fight for his goddamn life, guarding threes, and he still was giving it to you. 40%, 18, uh, 40% from three, 40% plus from three, keep in mind. And he still was giving you his 18 to 20 points every single night. He still, when you close out on him hard, was getting downhill and attacking the realm. And it's just, man, I wanted him. I wanted that dude so bad on the man. I wanted him in the summer. I would have took him over Tim. And I love Oh, Tim. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think, yeah, that, that was a consensus. That yeah. Probably and, and that was just when, to see a team get him for nothing but expiring contracts, when I know we, like, you know, I put it on the timeline last yesterday, but like we technically do have some expiring contracts. Maxi's contract isn't guaranteed. Um, obviously, Jalen Dorian's contracts are—they're—they're they're real expiring, uh, expiring contracts. And then um, Frank, you could cobble that shit together and create a decent volume of expiring contracts. And I just feel yeah, like yeah, but you're you're combining. But but see, the problem is. We're trading four players just to make up you're, the money of like one. You're, you're right. That's, you're, that's the you're, issue. You're you are one hundred percent right. That's why after that's why it's probably not feasible. Yeah, once it settled down, I was like, all right, let me calm down. And if you follow me, if you've been listening to this pod, you know my big plan to make the Mavs better. I guess I'm stepping on next segment involves we got a lot of real expiring contracts next year. Like you can, you can basically trade our expiring contracts next year for any player in the NBA from a matching salary perspective, and we'll have our picks as well. So that's my plan. But anyway, before we get into that, that's why I was upset by that trade as a Mavs fan, just because I like Norm Powell a lot. And a second thing from our fan base, there's been a lot of chatter about. Cuban can't pay the tax for a team that's going to be a first round out. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. I don't care. Like, we have to beat the Clippers eventually while Luka is a Maverick. And whatever rules have applied before, throw them shits out the window, bro. Throw them shits out the window. Do you know that trade? You know how much money, just cash, he has to pay? To do that trade this year. Not even count next year. Steve Ballmer is paying an extra 40 fucking million dollars in tax. Like, however you feel about the Clippers prospects, I don't think Kawhi is coming back. They've basically said as much. Um, and it's 50-50. They still need to see what's going on with PG's elbow. And their owner still said, they're the AC. Even if the dudes don't come back, I'll spend an f- extra $40 million of cold, hard cash just to make us more competitive this year and next. That's who we got to beat. That's who our owner is competing with in the fucking West to get out. You go look at Golden State. Dog, Golden State stunk. Look how much luxury tax they paid these last couple years. Paying it out the ass, bro. And they knew they was going to stink for the most part. It didn't matter. They still set themselves up to, to, to be good in the future. So all this bullshit about Cuban can't pay the luxury tax for a team that's the first run out. Bullshit. If, you ain't, if he ain't going to do that, trade Luca right now. Trade him this summer because that's what we're going to have to do 
it's it's not even a debate no more. I'm not listen. I'm not arguing with nobody about it. I'm not talking about it no more because you're not paying attention to what's going around the NBA if you think otherwise. And it ain't your fucking money in the first place. He got plenty of it. So why do you care about whether he pays the luxury tax or not? Anyways, we a top five market. We are a top five fucking in attendance. We dog. I've paid attention to this shit more than somebody that doesn't get a check to. We have never been top 10 in merch. We've never been top 10 in the NBA for teams that sell merchandise. Since Luca showed up, we are. So from just a pure business investment standpoint, you do whatever it takes to keep Luca happy. You do whatever it takes. That's why when people talk about, oh, we can't let Luca turn into LeBron GM, we need to trade these players for assets and get worse. You don't do no goofy shit like that. Like, that's not how this works. Show me, show me, show me the team that had a superstar under contract that was not like injured or out for the season, that was firmly in the playoffs, that just start dumping starters for fucking picks. Show me where that shit happened. Like maybe, maybe if you have that, his replacement, like you had another young player, you had another player that could step in and fill that role. You see that shit every once in a while, but we ain't got that. We ain't got fucking six good players. So how the fuck are we going to trade one of these dudes and, and we got somebody to slide in there and replace that production? And I like Josh Green. He ain't stepping in to replace fucking Dorian Finney-Smith. Cut the shit. Bro, that, bro. Cut the fucking shit. I have seen that so many times and I'm like, I love Josh Green, but there is no, like, I, even after his, like, hot little run, like, I don't know how you watch him and think he's ready to start on this team or play, like, 25 plus Playoff minutes. minutes. Playoff minutes. He won't be in the rotation come playoff time, I promise you, and it's not an indictment on him. It's just that your rotation tightens and if we're looking at our top eight guys, he's not one of the top eight. Like everyone healthy, he's probably not. <laughs> like, like, come on. And even like, oh my goodness, come on, man. Like, I just we can't be serious <laughs> this time. And I don't understand. Like, I'm begging us to just be serious. It's just um, just now I saw a tweet that said, um, see, like, I'll trade anyone for CJ McCollum other than like KP Luca, whatever. But this would change the franchise like are we serious like cj mccullum would change the franchise are we serious that's what i'm talking like if you want cj that's fine i'm not arguing about whether you know i'm not arguing about the prospect of getting cj but that he would change the franchise why ain't that nigga changing the blazers they can't be serious they can't be real about anything look it's crazy yeah I uh I, I will say this. I I like CJ. Turning Maxi Dwight and fucking filler into CJ McCollum is cool. I'll listen to that. But I'm not listening into that makes us a championship favorite. And I don't believe you should. I don't think CJ McCollum is good enough to be the. That's not the move that makes us better. Like that's not the move that vaults us into contention. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's not. It's another small guard that can't defend, bro. Like I don't know what else they. I don't know what they're seeing. Like I get you want more creators and all that. That's what I'm saying. I don't doubt that um, he can help cover like that hole. 
but like if we're talking about like I mean we'll get into it um if we talk about you know Mavs games but like our identity right now is 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 defense I know you probably want to get more offense in there but if you're getting somebody that does not fit the scheme like if 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 CJ gonna come here and start let's start there even if you don't if say you don't trade Brunson for him and Brunson's still on the team Who's going to the bench? Are you sending Brunson back to the bench to start fucking no, and Lufa? No, like, are you kidding me? No, you can't start all three of them. No, you 100 percent can't start all three of them. So, so what's what's gonna happen? What what now? You know what I'm saying? So I just I get the prospect of wanting change, but like this is why. No offense, but this is why none of y'all are GMs. <laughs> this is why none, that me included. I should say none of us. This is why none of us are GMs. We want we want short. We're thinking of short sighted moves. We can't do that. And I know the goal is to win now and you want to also, you know, improve your odds to, of winning now, but you also can't just make a move that might mess up your future. It's hard, like I said, this is real life. So if you make a bad trade, it's hard to undo a bad trade. We've seen it last yeah. year when we made this the trade for Seth and Jay Rich. No, no, no. All of that. Like no, don't was, don't don't forget, oh man, Harrison Barnes is not as good as he is he, we were thought he was going to be when we signed him. So we need to trade him for the fucking mystery box that is cap space without having someone that has agreed to take the cap space. We've done this shit. We've done it. Exactly. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. We've done all of this before. And to me, everyone's putting this off season under the microscope. And I'm like, all the mistakes that were made in the past, are why we're here and <laughs> why we're here and it's just hard to undo so yeah we could go back way for like i said i made a couple like i tweeted about it we could go further back to the luca trade if we since we're in the luca era we could start there if they took on basemore's contract without giving up that 2019 pick imagine how different things could probably have been because that was a deep deep draft imagine if we 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 actually let's say we got to keep our picks and we did pick cameras granted he's not all that but Still, like, what if we picked him? I mean, he was able to be traded for another first round draft pick, even if that draft for even if that first round draft pick is lower, it's still an asset that we don't have, exactly. So, I'm just saying, stuff like that it it adds up, it adds up, and it's been adding up as we speak. So, now, like, if, if we stick with the CJ thing, since it's something that I guess hasn't been reported, but let's say we do get CJ. What What is that accomplishing for real? For He's 30. He's making mad money that he's he makes probably more not money worth than, anymore. He makes more money than Porzingis. Yeah, that he's not worth anymore, as you could say. His value has been declining each year. He's an injury-prone kind of guy. He is. He has not been, like, healthy. He has missed more games than Christos Porzingis the last two years. Exactly. And you can't, if we're talking about best players, you can't be on the court closing games with our best players. So what are we doing? What are we talking about right now? Like, what are we really talking about right now? We're just stuck. I feel like the the more we accept that we're stuck, all this outlandish dreams and all this short-sightedness will, 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 will fade away. Um, it will fade away. I, I think this is where... The, the, the reason this bothers what I'm about to say is because there's people I like that I know are smart that keep saying this and it drives me insane because it's like you're letting your emotions and how you feel about an entertainment product 
influence your opinion that literally no good team is ever do you want your basketball team to do shit that good teams have never actually done because you're tired of watching the same dudes this whole I'm tired of watching these dudes, so we should trade them just to try something different. It's like, hey man, that shit sounds great, but that's this ain't 2K. This is real life. Like teams don't yeah. fuck teams in the playoffs with a superstar. His feelings aside, you just don't proactively get worse when you're what two games behind the four seed. Like, show me where a team has done some shit like this. Like, I, I just don't get it. Now, if you're talking about cobbling together some shit with Dorian. Like Doreen goes out and like Jeremy Grant comes back. Like we've already a team, you know, uh, Detroit, like, look, you got to go get me an extra first round pick for Jeremy. And then that is like, that has to already been agreed to. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. has to already been in the works. Because you can't just say, well, we can then in the summer we'll be no Nate, dog. That's, that's, what not, I'm that's not how this works. We have done that. We have literally done it and failed. And for y'all to claim the front office is bad and want to replicate their failed plans, the fact no one has the self-awareness to acknowledge this is blowing my fucking mind. You bad about the things they've done in the past and you literally want to replicate their failed plans. It's like really it's honestly, I'm kind of embarrassed for us. And I get when we tweet stuff during the games because shit, I tried to trade Dorian multiple times over the last couple nights. But like people are sticking to this shit after having time to stick. And I'm like, bro, y'all realize like we're here because they traded for potential acquisition and assets over good players that good solid role players. Like we're here now because of that. Like, they didn't have the backup trade lined up. They didn't have the player that said, hey, I'll show up if you clear the space. They just traded for the possibility of it, and we got worse. And the fact that people don't acknowledge that with Dorian, and I don't know if niggas just think Dorian stink. To me, I have been a little worried. Dorian, Dorian low-key done turned into a pumpkin over the last couple of weeks. He, he has. Uh, that's yeah, he's, he's in a little bit of slump. Him, yeah. <laughs> And he he goes he does this throughout the season. Now I'm getting a feel for him, especially after last yeah. year. He'll you know be hot for a good stretch of games, then he'll be in a slump for a good stretch of games, then get back hot. So I I need to see um I need to see him get back in the in the group. Yeah, he's been he's been cold. He's definitely been cold. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's 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 my concern. That's why I'm like yeah. I don't know, but at the same time, okay. So I don't know. It, I can't call a regular season. I mean, we've seen it two playoffs in a row of him actually stepping up. So I, I can't know, call I, I, know, I know, I know. The regular season. And, the, and the thing is, what I've been trying to lie to myself is Reggie and uh, Reggie and Sterling Brown potentially replicate that position. But I ain't never seen Reggie Bullock play no fucking playoff nah. games. In real talk, I love uh, and Sterling Brown either. I will say, hey, we gonna get to this as an. I'm not. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring this back on the back end. But I, I just teams to me the path moving forward shouldn't be dumping Dorian or Jalen for mystery box, even for first round picks. Like just keeping it real, it should be based on what we're seeing the other good teams do. It should be turning Dwight and Maxi 
and the other dudes expiring contracts into players even if you have to take bad money like if you need to take spencer dinwiddie to get kyle kuzma cool it ain't my money you know kyle kuzma can play he he's i hate to say it kyle kuzma's just you slide kyle kuzma into the four he can create his own shot he's an underrated defender I'm a Kyle Kuzma stand. Don't judge me. But I actually all bullshit aside, I think he could help us. Even if it's not Kyle Kuzma, that's the framework of a trade that we need to be looking at to get better. But this notion that we need to tear down, it's some of the goofiest shit I've ever heard. Like t- teams with superstars don't tear down unless they tearing down the superstar too. His ass is leaving too. And that's not yeah. even, that's... If you listen to uh, McMahon's report, he basically said, like, yeah, man, um, you start shipping them dudes out for just assets. You don't bring back good players to immediately replace them. Luke's going to start doubting what the hell is going on. Like, wait, what are we doing? Yeah, and not even just that. Like, it's it's what you have been saying, too. Like, tr- like which what team in the past like playoff team you know other than like we're not even talking about lebron's cats because that's going to come up but like what what team is going to trade like 60 percent of their starters you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the deadline what playoff team is trading most of their starters at the deadline like we like i said chemistry is a thing like you're gonna bring in three out of five new starters that has to learn the schemes and learn everything with like what 20 games left 25 games left like come on it's, it's really just not realistic it's, it's really not yeah it that that is like and that's something to where i feel like a basketball nerd for just realizing this but hey man the big the big ceiling changing trades usually happen in the summer that's one exactly. of the reasons why i've kind of been off the deadline anyway and all this they want to start the same dudes and think it's going to be different it's like i hear you but you my, my big issue is i understand why people are upset and i'm not trying to dismiss their feelings but at the same time you can't ask them to be different than 29 other nba teams just because you're impatient does that make sense yeah like at some point you have to acknowledge we are a basketball team and just because we're your favorite basketball team doesn't mean the rules are different for us or the situation is different for us and other teams. So, um, man, we jump, we just jump straight into the maps. Oh, we did. I, I couldn't help it. But I mean, we could, we could talk about the game.